What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, a joint podcast from The China Project and Caixin Global. We bring you the most critical business and finance news from China. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast, part of The China Project. In this week's episode, China's state-owned energy giants double down on business expansions in the Middle East and South America. Plummeting lithium prices continue to create hurdles for the automobile industry. And 53 people were arrested for alleged salary scams. Let's jump right in. Chinese state-owned energy giant Sinopec has signed an agreement to acquire a 5% stake in a liquefied natural gas or LNG project in Qatar. The project is expected to begin shipping gas in 2026 with a processing capacity of 8 million tons a year. This is the first time that China has directly backed an LNG plant in Qatar. The Middle Eastern country is one of the world's top LNG exporters. It's also the latest in a flurry of deals to lock in future gas supply amid intensifying global competition for the fuel, especially between Europe and Asia. China is the second largest buyer of LNG in the world following Japan. Sinopec chairman Ma Yongsheng said Wednesday that cooperation with Qatar Energy will help optimize China's energy consumption structure and enhance the security, stability, and reliability of clean energy supply. Meanwhile, state-owned electricity giant China Southern Power Grid plans to expand its presence in South America. Earlier this month, it signed an agreement to acquire two Peruvian energy firms from Italy's biggest utility company, Enel. It is not the first time that China's Southern Power Grid has ventured into Latin America. In March 2018, it announced a deal to acquire a 28% stake in Chile's largest electric transmission system from a Canadian company. The Chinese firm has previously announced energy deals in Southeast Asia and Western Europe. Next up, more energy news but in the domestic market. The spot price of battery-grade lithium carbonate has dropped to about 60% lower than a year ago, wiping out all its gains since November 2021. Lithium carbonate is a key material for electric vehicle batteries, and the freefall in its price coincided with a slowdown of growth in China's EV market. 
Growth in the sales of EVs in China has slowed as consumer spending remained weak after the lifting of COVID restrictions and with the expiration of government subsidies of EV purchases. Analysts said they expect the price drop to continue as downstream companies in the industry are still working to clear inventories and demand showed little sign of recovery in April. Meanwhile, some said that automakers may further cut prices to boost sales, which may in turn drive a recovery in lithium demand. Moving on to some positive news between tech titans ByteDance and Tencent. Both firms have reached a deal to collaborate on video content after a years-long contention over a copyright dispute. Under the agreement, Douyin, the Chinese version of TikTok, and Tencent Video, which offers a service similar to YouTube and Netflix combined, will cooperate on areas including joint promotion of long and short videos. Tencent had long accused some Douyin users of infringing on its intellectual property and violating online distribution rights when they produced and published content using Tencent Video's materials without authorization. Douyin once had to remove thousands of user-generated videos for violating a copyright of a TV crime drama streamed on Tencent Video after the latter filed a lawsuit. Before we go on to the interview section, let's look at a story of a group of scammers who allegedly conned businesses out of more than $7 million in salary payments. This gang of scammers targeted recruiters who post job descriptions online and conned a number of companies in finance, interior decoration, and technology consulting. According to Shanghai Police, these scammers fabricated job applicants' education and work background to get them hired by multiple companies, sometimes simultaneously. The new hires would then collect their salaries without doing any work. Other gang members sometimes pretended to be potential clients to keep their associates in the company for longer to draw more income. When the employer discovers the scam and refuses to pay their salaries, gang members sometimes show up at their premises in droves to stoke trouble and pressure the company into paying. Police busted the organization last month, arresting 53 suspects in Shanghai and other regions. Let's turn now to Zhang Yukun, finance reporter for Caixin Global, to talk about the big story for the week. Hello, Yukun, and welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Kaiser. It's great to be back. Let's talk about an exclusive story that Caixin did on a recent high-profile corruption case. Sure. Uh, today, we're looking at Li Li, a former president of the Beijing branch of the Export-Import Bank of China, more commonly known as the Exim Bank, who pleaded guilty to taking almost 100 million yuan in bribes, sources whose knowledge of the matter told Caixin. Uh, that's about 14 million U.S. dollars. Oh, wow. Do we know what she took the money for? Yes. According to the sources, between 2010 and 2020, Li abused her power uh, while she was the general manager of the policy bank's transport financing department and then at the head of the bank's Shanghai branch. In exchange for the bribes, she facilitated deals in the loan and guarantee business for a handful of companies. And do we know which companies actually offered the bribes? They were Hong Kong-listed China Aircraft Leasing Group, Indian investment company Isar, European shipping company Evergas, and an unnamed German shipbroker. Oh, so it seems like most of them are in the transport sector. Yeah, that's right. 
Li is actually known as the godmother of China's shipping industry, and unfortunately, she's also among a handful of senior executives in China's fast-growing shipping finance sector who were investigated for graft. She was expelled from the Communist Party and removed from public office in September, eight months after she was put under investigation. And do we know why there are so many corruption cases in the shipping industry, in particular? The shipping industry relies heavily on capital and often involves extensive financing in the form of bank loans, bond sales, and leasing. Since the 2008 financial crisis, Chinese banks have risen quickly to become a main backer in global shipping finance sector, while Western players became more cautious. As such, China's state-owned policy banks, including the Exim Bank, became the leading players. I see. So, do we know what kind of sentence she's expected to get? The prosecutors did point out that the bribes she accepted were particularly large, but as she voluntarily acknowledged the bribes to investigators and returned them, the prosecutors suggested a lenient punishment. Trials are still ongoing, but we could reference the case of her former subordinate Wang Wei, who was also charged for corruption. He was looking at a 15-year jail sentence and 6.4 million yuan of fines. That's all super interesting. Thank you, Yuquan, for all of that information. You're welcome, Kaiser. Let's talk next time. And if our listeners would like to know more about the details of this case, please head online to the exclusive story on CaixinGlobal.com. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief was produced this week by Kaiser Guo and by Zhang Kun, Lin Jinbing, Bertrand Tio, and Zizan Wang at Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the other great podcasts on the Seneca Network, like the amazing China in Africa podcast and Strangers in China. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to Access from the China Project. Again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care.